Yes, indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like, is it time to clean your laptop screen when you start confusing dirt with punctuation? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have semicolons everywhere. They tend to get away from me quite quickly. There's many a time I'm having an apoplectic sentence that needs to be split into two clauses and I can't get them. They're running hey, around everywhere, happens. teasing me. Terrible. My name is Adrian Lee. I am your host and I have problems with semicolons. Welcome to the show, more questions than answers, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you, to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious strange. Supernatural, unusual, bizarre, and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in, especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests. Somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains, with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. My mother's been going to bed after watching films now. She, she snores, dependent on the film she's been watching. Her oh. unconscious is picking and pulling her mind in her sleep. She went to bed after watching Star Wars. Listen to her snoring. <laughs> <laughs> she's going to have nightmares. Yes. Straight off the bat. Star Wars could be anything next week. Yes. No idea. No. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your lights, and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting, or for making me laugh, or shivering horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show. So let me introduce my guests. Firstly, the mysterious and evanescent Heather Morris. She's been a paranormal investigator for many years with her own team called Hellhound Investigations and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and DVP experts with the International Paranormal Society and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. After four karate lessons, Heather can now break a two-inch board in half with her cast. Welcome (laughs) to the show, Miss Morris. 
hello. I also wish to introduce the mad and crazy <laughs> Michelle Corey. She was born and raised in Mora, Minnesota, and has a keen and avid interest in all things paranormal. A night of insomnia for Michelle is usually followed by a morning of browser history cleaning. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Michelle. Hello. This is Series 3, Episode 6. And as always, I wish to introduce the large, angry, slippery hot dog that is the gong of infinite knowledge with the mustard of facts, the onions of information splashed liberally all over the buns of ignorance. Stand back, Michelle. <gasps> oh. That's still not making any better noise, is it? It's huge, like a wagon wheel. Wow. Three midgets had to bring that in here. Never seen anything <laughs> like it. On this day in 1959, Barbie made her debut at the American Toy Fair. Do you know Barbie's real name? She has a real name. Her name's Barbie, obviously, in on the product, <laughs> but she does have a proper... What's Barbie short for? Let's start there. Let's give you a clue. Babs. How can Barbie be short for Babs? <laughs> Babs is shorter than Barbie. All right, what's it longer than? Barbara. Barbara. <laughs> Barbara, patron saint of explosives and maths, would you believe? Mm, she sounds like fun. She does, until you get blown up. Yeah. There we go. Her name is Barbara Millicent Roberts. So if you know a Barb Roberts... That's Barbie's real name, would you believe? Hmm. So, for the first time no. in the history of MQTA Radio, I can't believe that. Amazing, bizarre and strange facts about Barbie. Did you have Barbie's Heather? No, I pulled their heads off. <laughs> I only played spice. with Ken. <laughs> Who set up a comfort house in Vietnam in 1972 with them, yes. G.I. Joe. Did you have Barbie's? I did. In Britain, my sister had a thing called Cindy. It was the British equivalent of Barbie, and she looked like an English rose. You can look that up. Mm -hmm. It's all there for you. Here we go. Points to be won early on. German woman Bettina Dorfman holds the record for the biggest collection of Barbies in the world. She started in 1993 and now has how many? Points will be won. There is no way you cannot win points. Closest one wins miss morris what are we gonna go there 1993 she's been collecting a while she obviously has some borderline mental illnesses it was 1993 can you be more specific <laughs> no five th i'm gonna write this down now five thousand seven hundred and forty-eight. Forty-eight. michelle are you um, gonna be going higher or lower i gotta go with about ten thousand you are the closest you will win the first points <gasps> Of the night, she currently has 15,000 Barbies. Parents, this is what happens if you don't buy your children Barbies for Christmas when they really, really wanted one. I have to say, when I was a small child, all I wanted was soccer shirts. And my parents weren't very well off. They didn't have a lot of money. Soccer shirts are very expensive. So occasionally, for Christmas or birthdays, I may get a soccer shirt. But when you're growing up, the following year... You've grown out of it. Mm -hmm. Or the team has changed their colours. Every country I've ever been to, ever since, I've bought a soccer shirt of that country. There is a box currently in my garage that has 32 soccer shirts in it from all over the world. This is what happens when you don't buy your kids what they want 
for Christmas. And this woman, Bettina, is apparently looking for a boyfriend as we speak. Michelle has won the first points of the evening. The first doll sold was for $3. All I want to know is what colour bathing suit she was wearing. So the first ever Barbie sold back in the day, the late 1950s. I just want to know what colour a bathing suit was. The first outfit she it ever was had pink. was a bathing suit. You're going with the traditional pink. Yeah. I can tell that you wear a lot of pink, Heather. Oh, <laughs> you won't catch me in pink. Just to match your eyes. Mm-mm. Michelle. I think it was black and white. Oh, you are on fire. It was black and white. It was striped. and had, Hang on a second. Ooh. Hang on. <laughs> that you could have chosen all the colours of the rectum, but you went with black and white. Mm-hmm. The ugly recidivist head has raised itself of cheating once again. No. Am I not allowed to have a wee before the show without you going through my notes with your grubby fingers, moving it all around? I can't believe that. If there's any more questions got right during the course of this quiz, action will be taken. Where do Mattel say Barbie is actually from? Where's she from? What accent would Barbie have? Alabama. Alabama. (laughs) You're going, the closest state wins. You're going Alabama. Why? She's a Southern belle. She's a a very Southern belle. I think she's from California. I don't know who's closest. I actually think Miss Morris may be closest in terms of miles. She's from Wisconsin. Really? She comes from a fictional town called Willows, which is in Wisconsin. So, yes, Barbie is a cheesehead and she supports the Packers. I don't think I can give the points away. Alabama, California. I can't give the points away. Yes, you can. (laughs) No, I can't. She's from Wisconsin. A woman named Blondie Bennett, already Uh, Blondie Bennett, has spent more than $40,000 on plastic (sighs) surgery to look more like Barbie. Mm -hmm. She now has a career standing in toy shop windows, which we know is illegal, of course, in Washington, if you paid any attention to last week's show. But she's also undergoing hypnotherapy to make her what? She already looks like Barbie. She's had all the operations. She's had her ribs removed. Everything's been done. She's got a very thin waist. She poses as Barbie in shop windows. She's now undergoing hypnotherapy to make her what? Smarter. To make her smarter. Mm. Which way are you going? Fall in love with Ken. To fall in love with Ken. She's actually undergoing hypnotherapy to make her dumber. She says she wants to be seen as a plastic doll and plastic dolls are brainless. Wow. So I should get half a point. She's winning. What, for half a mind? No. Oh, I, will I give was you, on the right track. I will give you your half a point. Don't say Ooh. my philanthropic nature isn't exposed regularly on this show. But she went to a hypnotherapist to make her more stupid, apparently. Wow. Ridiculous. <sighs> She's looking for a career in politics, by the way, at the end of this year. Yeah. A little bit of satire there, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. This is true. On this day in 1934, the first man in space, Yuri Gagarin, was born. Did you know that Barbie's been an astronaut on three occasions? No. See? You leave this show with more than you arrive with. But this day in Russia is very popular, apparently. The Russians on this day in 1918 turned the Russian Bolshevik Party into the Communist Party. And in 1961, Soviet flight Sputnik 9 carried a dog named Blackie, a guinea pig, 
and some frogs into an orbit around the Earth. In 1961, they did a single orbit. Apparently, the guinea pig has found God and Blackie became an alcoholic. Oh. It doesn't say whether they got down or not, but they sent a guinea pig a dog. Can you imagine if that had crash landed or taken up in a time hole like Buck Rogers? Yeah. Can you imagine some distant land? That capsule lands in the dirt like Flash Gordon and a guinea pig, a dog and some frogs come out. It's almost like great adventure, isn't it? It is. I want to write that story. I do too. That would be a great I will help you. We shall make that happen. We'll go on the GoFundMe site. It'll be the guinea pig, frog, dog space adventure and they'll all be barking in Russian. Hmm. This is a very popular day for Russia. So, for the first time in the history of MQTA, the I can't believe that crazy and bizarre facts about the Russians. No. Russian law prohibits production and import and sale of what clothing item? Ooh. I'm going to give you a clue because there are many clothing items from top to bottom, of course. Many. The government in Russia believes the synthetic fabric is bad for your health. Rayon. So what clothing's that? I don't know. Choose a garment of clothing, madam. Lycra. Like, that's not a... You're giving me types of material. If you say Dray Nylon, I'm coming over there with my bell. And I won't be responsible for the way in which I use it. Uh, bikini. You're going with bikini. Yes. So bikinis in Russia... No. Aren't banned. Are. Are banned. Yes. Due to the nature of the fabric. Yes. Okay. Pantsuits. Pants suits, like an all-in-one, like a cat suit from the 1970s. Yeah. It's lace panties. It's apparently bad for your health. I don't know whether you need a bit of air down there or it's the synthetic So material. do I get half again? It does need to breathe. <laughs> How's that even possible? How's lace panties? And a bikini. A bikini? <laughs> yeah. Not even in the same Venn diagram. <laughs> But lace panties apparently are banned in Russia. You can't import them, can't wear them. No sale of lace panties, apparently. You've got to get the air to it. It's unnatural, apparently. Bad for your health. You don't want any chafing, any rubbing. Just smuggle them in there. <laughs> Bears in Russia are addicted to what? Vodka. S simple enough. What, they go in the grocery <laughs> store? <laughs> Quick, Dimitri. Don't sell that bear any more <laughs> vodka. He's had three bottles already. Vodka. <laughs> Put it in the picnic basket. Hey, hey, hey. Yes, it's vodka. Your bears are addicted to vodka. They can't get enough of it. Yes. Hanging around in bars. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of bears in the wood, and when they're not defecating, they've got a still. They're boiling up potatoes. 100% proof. Yes. Vodka. Bears yes. addicted to vodka. Or potatoes. They're, potatoes are addicted to vodka as well. Yeah. Excellent. Michelle, what are bears addicted to? In Russia. To love. Sweet love. <laughs> You're going to have to face it. You're addicted. Those bears, they can't sleep. They can't eat. There's no doubt they're in deep. Their shoulders are tight. They can't breathe. Unbelievable. I was going to say potatoes. I have no idea. They're addicted to aviation fuel. What? They sniff around the aeroplanes at airports and they have to shoo them away. The bears Do like they drink it. They blah, blah, blah. sniff it. Oh, like bears ew. are sniffing. Huffing? They're huffing. Bears are huffing. <laughs> Aviation fuel. They have a little bag from Russia. <laughs> Quick, look at those three bears. Someone's at home eating their porridge while they're getting off their head. What's in rocket? What's in jet fuel that would 
the same thing, I guess, that's in gasoline, that people sniff gasoline and so forth. Mm. I don't know what's going through a Russian bear's head. It's cold and miserable. They're fed up of porridge. No one's bed's fitting them. Let's go down to the airport and get off our tits. (laughs) And I think they have eight of them. (laughs) On this day... Two don't work, though, apparently. Mm. On this day in 1834, the French Foreign Legion was founded. So for the first time on MQTA, the I Can't Believe That Strange and Bizarre Facts About the Laws of France. You cannot call a pig this name. If you've got a pet pig, you're living in the outskirts of Paris. You've got a little piglet. You can't call it this name. You will be fined. You will Bacon. be put in jail. Bacon. Jambon. Bacon? No, jambon, the jambon. pig. Jambon. That's ham, isn't it? <laughs> yes. It is. I know a bit of French. I'm there. I'm on the money. Oui. Yeah. All I could remember when I went to France is van and fromage. I was drunk and constipated for two weeks. Hmm. Uh, True. Bacon. You can't call a pig bacon. It's illegal in France. Yes. Okay. Francois. Francois. The pig. That's a good name for a pig. Mm-hmm. It's Napoleon. If you call your pig Napoleon, <gasps> oh. you're doing a diamond chino, apparently. Ooh. I think I'm right in saying that in the old black and white 1960s and 70s sitcom of Steptoe and Son, set in a scrap metal yard, they had a horse called Napoleon. Mm. And of course, Sanford and Son was based on that British sitcom as we live and breathe. You are allowed to marry what in France? There we go. Simple enough questions. Points to be had. I'm giving them away. I'm almost giving them away. Mm. You're in France. You are allowed to marry what? Is it an animate or inanimate object? I don't know the difference. Is one breathing or not breathing? I I can't answer that. Mm. It's not breathing. Your car. My car isn't breathing. Yes. Okay. You're not allowed. You are allowed to marry your car. Have you seen a Citroen? Who'd want to marry that? A Peugeot. God. Yeah, you've got, <laughs> you've got a choice. Oh, that's Italian. Never mind. You, yeah, it's French. Is you, it? You can marry the Renault, the Peugeot, or the Citroen. Mm. Let me get a gun. Uh. You've got your eye on a nice Italian number and you end up with a Renault. Not, not good news. What are you going with, Michelle? I was going to say your cousin. You are allowed to marry a dead person. What? In France, there are some rules. For example, you had to have been getting married before the person died. Oh. It's already got to be in the works. And the families have got to agree. And the local mayor and president have to agree on it as well. But you can actually get married to a dead. You can't just go to the graveyard and say, I'm marrying you. I need a French passport. You're due. Let me get a shovel. Uh, how do they say I do? You got a puppet master? Dead men can't say no. Puppet master. They don't say no. They say no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I love this show. That's your French, is it? Your father reeked of elderberries. Nice. You can't beat a bit of Monty Python, can you? Between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m., what percentage of music played on French radio has to be French? I'm looking for a percentage. All day long, they have to play this percentage of French music. So if you like Charles seventy-five Aznavour and Desiree, you'll be very happy. You're going with 55, are you? I said 75, 75. but whatever is closer. What would you like? Closer. What would you like? I said 75. You're the one that said 55. Are you going lower? I'm going to say higher? 50. 
Michelle, I don't know what to do here because Miss Morris went 75 and oh. it's 70. And you said lower. I'm going to give you both points. Yay! Du, du point. <laughs> you I both always get. get ripped off. You are getting <laughs> du point. Wyoming, du point. You're very lucky. I'm Set sick of this. Formidable. I'm going to leave. Ooh. She's going green. Look at it's her. enraged. Look, her pants are falling Damn. off. Unbelievable. <laughs> I've just given you two points. You're on a respectable two and a half. <laughs> nice. Ketchup is also banned in schools in France. You can't get ketchup for love or money in the school. They're selling it in playgrounds on the school corner, swapping it for hard drugs. I give you two sachets of ketchup for a sachet of cocaine. It's being traded in schools as we speak. Swimming shorts are banned in public pools. You have to wear the budgie smugglers. Oh. The tighty whities No swimming shorts. Health and safety reasons, apparently. I have no idea why. The French are a very strange bunch indeed. Aren't you part French? But that was then, <laughs> and this is now. We're going to get to our favourite part of the show. <laughs> oh. The part we love the most. It is the mailbag. Mailbag! These are your letters of support. These are your emails. This is where our fans of the show write to us on a weekly basis. If you write to us, and it's a friendly and polite letter, we will read it out on more questions than answers. Daniel has posted, this sums up the MQTA crew. And we the fans of MQTA. Sometimes I question my sanity. Occasionally, it replies. <laughs> We're replying yes. at 8pm nice. every Friday night on the Dark Matter Digital Network, Barbara, patron saint of fireworks, explosives and maths, has written, really enjoyed hearing about your team's experiences, was wondering if you knew the oldest person you have contacted with. Is there a point that we can no longer communicate? Thanks and keep up the great work. Off the top of my head, the oldest spirit that I can recall ever having a dialogue with, so it's an intelligent haunting rather than a residual haunting, was an old pioneer that died in Jackson County. He was a mail carrier. He was carrying the mail from Mankato to the forts that were in South Dakota, and he died in a snow blizzard in 1853. And I had a very stilted conversation psychically and then backed up via the ghost box. So the oldest ghost I can recall having any kind of interaction with in Britain or over here was 1853. And to answer your question... Ghosts and spirits are energy. So if that energy dissipates over a period of time, there will be a moment when the ghost can't manifest itself. And you could suggest that's then a shadow figure, right? Because it can't manifest fully or you can't have an interaction with it. I've got bad news. I think we die twice. I think we die in a physical body and then we die in spirit as well. But to answer your question, 1853 is the one I remember. Can you think of any others that are earlier than that? I've seen residual hauntings that are older, but I've not been able to have a dialogue with them or any interaction, like a video being replayed at a specific time and a specific day. I The only thing I can think of is occasionally we've had some Indians or Indian verbiage come through, but we've never deciphered it. Yeah, there's been drumming. We've been on land. Of course, this land has been yes. here for thousands and thousands of years by the Aborigine people. The Mississippian culture and the Hopperworld tribes were here long before the Sioux and the Ojibwe, of course. But yes, in terms of a dialogue, in terms of intelligence, in terms of having a conversation, 1853, that gentleman died. Robin, our listener and good friend in Massachusetts. Robin! Hey, Robin! 
She says, I have an answer. I want 10 points. <gasps> wow. All right. See how our listeners come in. They're not asking now. I'm going to have 10 points. I know she's listening in bed with her husband next to her with her earphones on. Yeah. So if we make her laugh, we'll wake her husband up. <laughs> she said 10 points will be fine, apparently. Pluckley is the most haunted village in England. It's in Kent. And I said it was Hinkley last week. But I said at the time I wasn't sure. But I have actually been to Pluckley. I visited Pluckley. I had a nice meal in the pub and had a walk around the village. And Hinkley was the village that we discussed last week. So there we go. Now, of course, we have numbers of listeners. The other question she had was, how do we know how many listeners we've got? And how do we know what countries they come from? We count them. We mm. count them individually. We count their mailbags. <laughs> Everything's digital. So every single person who listens to the show or goes on to our archives, it gives an address. What's that called? The IP? IP? The IP address. IP address. Mm -hmm. So we have an exact number of who's listening and where their IP address is. And that's how we end up with our figures and our numbers. We have 100,000 listeners in 190 countries all over the world. I'm going to give you the top 10. Number one, of course, is the good old US of A, because we're broadcasting out of America. Number two is the UK. Yes. See, my cousins are listening as mm -hmm. we live and breathe. And number three is Canada. Number four, Australia. We come from a land down under, apparently. Number five is South Africa. We've stretched many continents, haven't we? Just yes. in the top five alone. So hello to all of our friends and listeners in South Africa. At number six, we're big in Japan. Oh, nice. Number seven, we shouldn't have laughed so much about the Russians, apparently. <laughs> Let's hope we don't get poisoned anytime soon. Number eight is Cyprus. There's always a strange and bizarre country yes. each week that kind of works its way in. Cyprus can't be a very big little island. It Where is a, it? Well, it's in the Mediterranean. It's half Turkish, half Greek. But it's there. It's one of the hot Mediterranean islands. So Ooh. we're big in Cyprus. So hello to all of our friends in Nicosia and Cyprus. And number nine is Saudi Arabia. And this week's number 10 is the Netherlands. Oh, yay. You normally say thank you at that thank point. Thank you, Ben. There we go. All good times. Jamie has posted, I love, love, love Heather, Michelle, Nathan and Adrian. Their laughter and chemistry is so infectious. I have roughly 30 episodes on my iPod. And it's always playing in the background. Yay. Oh, thanks, Jamie. I also wish you a thank Martin in New York, our good friend and listener. Martin! He is one of our contributors to Patreon. We have a Patreon site. If you go to patreon.com, search for MQTA Radio. If you wish to donate to the show, it is a single dollar an episode. This show's free. It will always be free. We love doing it. We've been doing this now for nearly five years. Our archives are free. We have much fun and enjoyment ourselves, but we have to pay for studio costs. We get through a lot of paper and all of the platforms I'm about to mention require finances. So if you wish to donate a single dollar, patreon.com, MQTA radio. If we make you laugh, if we make you smile, if you leave this show with more than you arrive with, surely that's worth a single dollar. And as many wondrous things you get for that, you get to hear the show first in our archives and as we speak, Michelle is taking boudoir photographs. <laughs> if you wish to listen to the show in our archives, we're about five to six weeks behind. But if you go to soundcloud.com, search for MQTA Radio, everything is there for you. We do an extra 20 to 25 minutes of the show Easily, yeah. at the top of the hour after we're off air mm -hmm. in a round called Not For Your Mother. Not For Your Mother. It's the uh -uh. stories from around the world that are sexual. sexual. They're laden with innuendo. <laughs> In the windows. Filth. 
Filth. Naughtiness. Naughty. Can you both say filth together again for me? Perfect. Filthy. That's very kind of you. Thank you. I'll use that later. <laughs> so, there's a little Easter egg. There's a little gift. There's 25 minutes of naughtiness added to every show and around called Not For Your Mother on SoundCloud. And if you enjoy the episode, why not press the little orange love heart and show us how much you appreciate the show and share those links on your social media sites. We would be very very grateful. We're also available on iTunes, Stitcher, Tuning Radio, and all manner of platforms. If you can't find us, you've only got yourself to blame. All of our stories, all of the banter, all of the jokes, the cartoons, the interactions, the messages of support are all on Facebook. If you go to more questions and answers with Adrian Lee, everything you would ever want is on there for you. It's like one big happy paranormal family. We have 6,100 followers on there and you're welcome to join us now as we are on the radio if you go to twitter my twitter name is adrian underscore lee underscore tips we have 98,000 followers on there and if you wish to catch us first we are on the dark matter digital network every friday at 8 p.m central time a hundred thousand listeners in 190 countries all over the world and remember, if you're snowed in at the moment, if you're having a miserable winter, if you've got cabin fever, if you're waiting for spring to arrive and for the clocks to be pushed forward, you can buy my books. You can settle in with a cup of tea, the cat by your side, a roaring log fire, and you can read mysterious Midwest unwrapping urban legends and ghostly tales from the dead with a forward by award-winning Grammy basis of Megadeth, David Ellefson, that's available on Amazon, if you like ghosts, hauntings, history and evidence. And I also have Mysterious Minnesota, Digging Up the Ghostly Past at 13, Haunted Sites, which is my latest book. If you go to Amazon, search for Adrian Lee, you'll find all of my books on there for you. Can we discuss The Curse of Oak Island? No. A week oh. never goes by, does it? It was the last episode of the current series well worth the wait thank god i'm a psychic i'm putting it out there there will be no more we've waited four weeks for them to drill through what turned out to be granite so that was interesting yes we spent three weeks why they talked about a ruby that they found yes now i understand they're a group of rednecks digging holes in the ground but at some point do you not think it would have been a good idea to get a gemologist on board to find out what that stone actually was before I wasted three weeks of my life listening to tales of ruby treasure. Because when the gemologist looked at it, it's not a ruby. Uh -uh. It's a garnet. Uh What a waste of my life. (laughs) You never learn. You keep going back. You keep thinking there's going to be the money shot, the payoff. I haven't even started the new one. I can't be bothered. I have not got the nope. time to you waste. You did too. You told me all about it. You got 15 minutes into it. And said, I am done. <laughs> I have more ambition. <laughs> I have more ambition in my life. They yeah. made me so mad on Oak Island. I can't come Things have got so series. bad. I'm almost willing to embrace the Friends box set. Things got so bad. I was almost willing to read the children's books that are Harry Potter. <gasps> I know. You stop it no, right now. No, but I decided to have more ambition than this. Oh, I like to discuss the weekend we had. We had some fun. We had the team come together. Brian, my good friend from Britain and his good lady wife. Helen was also there. And Scott, my team leader. Scott, hello, Scott. Up in Duluth. We all went to MarsCom in Minneapolis this weekend. (laughs) I was a guest speaker. I did several talks on ghosts and Uh hauntings. Brian was a guest speaker. He spoke about his time 
on Star Trek The Next Generation when he was an actor on that particular production. MarsCon is a sci-fi convention. It's Star Wars, Star Trek, it's Doctor Who. Yes. I just thought that was a great event. Very. It made me very happy. Very. I'm going to ask you what your favourite part of the weekend was, Miss Mars. Well, I was a vendor, so I got to sell all my creepy stuff that I love selling. Well, your zombie teddy bears. Yes, your dead, dead teddies. Dead fairies. Dead fairies. Bad bunnies. Bad bunnies. Sold some of those. for People were buying them for their kids for Easter. I love it. <laughs> See, there are other sick people about. Dead dolls. Uh, yes, and I sold uh, Frankenstein head, and I'm going to make more because that the was- The bride of Frankenstein. It was you amazing. A head. I loved her. That, that was truly amazing. So your highlight was selling your produce. I, I actually, my highlight is- seeing people's reactions to it is it's still my favorite part but another one of my favorite parts was at night when i had hot sex with a klingon <gasps> oh ridged for your pleasure in mm. fact i'm having hot sex tonight by myself i see that <laughs> um and you then... could have waited for the show to finish <laughs> no thank you <laughs> i thought the lights were dimming in here we were losing the electricity why do you think i've had to so throw quiet? a leather at the power station just to mm. juice it up in here a bit more Ooh. it was also a real pleasure to meet uh roger cross who was their guest their guest speaker yes. and he was from the tv show on the sci-fi channel called dark matter he was hulk hilarious and the way he gave you crap and brian crap only because brian told him that i was 48 percent french French. based on my ancestry dna (laughs) he wouldn't leave it alone well then he also called brian scottish too (laughs) (laughs) it's never good news is it for an englishman but my final favorite part was actually when we were packing up and you were helping me pack up and i was carrying my staff as i dressed as maleficent again um and Amazing, on, by the way. And on the top top of my staff is a crow. Yes, Edgar Allan. Yes, Edgar Allan. Little crow. stuffed crow, very realistic. And all of a sudden, you were freaking out because we turn around and all we hear is ah 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 ah. It was like the birds by Alfred <laughs> There was a whole murder of crows suddenly arrived. That's right. And she's got one nailed to the end of her staff. <laughs> Honestly, I thought we were going to be attacked. I had visions of my eye being pecked out. It was amazing. They were following the staff around. It was like the Pied Piper. (laughs) (laughs) And then we baked them in a pie. Controversial. I had several moments. I have to say, I've never seen a man naked singing karaoke before. That was fun. Yes, it's ruined the well, song. Welcome to my world. Well, <laughs> I can't I can't hear the song New York, New York anymore. It's ruined it for me, to be honest. Last year, I was running up and down the stairwell because the elevators were full of people and you couldn't get one. And I didn't realize that when you went out of the floor at the hotel, the Hilton in Minneapolis, if the door closes behind you for safety reasons, you can't then open it unless you go all the way down to the basement so the door slammed behind me i'm stuck in the stairwell three naked men arrived all oiled up and i'm banging Mm. on the door i can't get out i swear to god as i live and breathe a nun opened the door to me standing there with three naked men all covered in oil perfect you could not make this stuff up unbelievable there was a burlesque show there was that we watched late at night on saturday night we had to drag you guys initially you and brian and scott didn't want to go well they were fabulous, the ladies. Yes, they were. They were themed for the convention. Yoda. There was a burlesque dancer dressed as Yoda. I've never seen Yoda. That was hilarious. Take their clothes off before. Unbelievable. Yeah, did you see her little Yodas? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> her little Yodas? 
She did. They were right on her. Yes, they what? were. They were yes. on a dagger bar system. That's right. Oh. There was a lady in what I would describe as a bare onesie taking her clothes off to the sounds of Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. That was mm-hmm. with me. They were very good dancers. It was very impressive. It reminded me of being at art college again in London in the 1990s at London University. It was all very art college, wasn't it? But yeah. I want to thank everyone involved in that. You must uh, go next year. It's an absolute joy. Anton, oh, Kathy, yeah. just some you, amazing Anton. people running that event. And if you get a chance to go, there's just amazing. There's things there that you'll never see anywhere else. They're mad. They're bad. They're paranormal as we enter the first round. That is ghosts and hauntings. Michelle is on six. I'm yet to score and Heather has managed a hefty two and a half. Coronation Street star Sue Nichols has revealed she consults clairvoyance in real life as her character Audrey Roberts is taken in by a psychic who delivers a chilling message from evil Richard Hillman, who died 15 years ago. (laughs) The 74-year-old actress who has played Weatherfield's resident hairdresser for more than three decades is thrilled with her latest spooky storyline. In scenes that air on Monday, Audrey is shocked when her client Rosemary, played by Harry Potter star Sophie Thompson, turns out to be a medium and tells her she's been communicating with her husband Alf Roberts from beyond the grave. The clairvoyant claims that her gift was also given her a message from Gal Platt's killer Richard Hillman, who died back in 2003. Speaking exclusively to The Sun Online, Sue said, People will think I'm mad, but yes, I do have a belief in psychics i don't go every day and it doesn't take over my life but i've had my palm read and i go to see these people so this is a lovely storyline for me the soap star added i've been with palm readings but mainly for tarot readings and what's been interesting with this storyline is the way the writers have worked it what makes audrey think this woman is real is that she tells her something that audrey thought she was the only one who could possibly know about it that made sense to me. Sue is married to former Coronation Street actor Mark Eden, famous for playing baddie Alan Bradley. First started visiting mediums in her 20s, but she is careful only to meet up with people she believes are genuine psychics. She said, I only go to people that have been recommended to me. All I want is things they couldn't possibly know, things from my past that perhaps only I knew about. That's when it's fascinating for me. That's when you feel that maybe they have a certain gift. It's just Coronation Street or a momentous psychic feat. You decide, go to our Facebook site, more questions and answers with Adrian Lee and the story is there for you in full. I shall give myself two points for being informative and a little bit interesting. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings? Mum spots terrifying figure lying behind her daughter on the baby monitor. But friends think it's something very special. Like most parents, Bonnie Moore has a video monitor in her baby daughter's room so she can check on her and see if she's safe. But one day, when she's had a quick look to see if little Athea was asleep, she spotted something strange in her cot. Athea was almost out of shot, but it looks like there's something terrifying lying just behind her. Bonnie, who lives in Norfolk, said, I've tried to think of any possibility, but nothing adds up. The features are so clear. I honestly don't know what to do. 
It looks like there is another child or doll lying behind Athea, who will celebrate her first birthday next week, but according to Bonnie, there is nothing there. Bonnie added, My daughter is at the bottom of the screen, and if you zoom, you can see her head and body, and then this thing laying behind her. Other parents have been quick to agree that there is definitely something there, and many of Bonnie's friends believe it's actually the spirit of someone very special. She lost her brother when she was just nine years old, and the figure appeared just a few days after the anniversary of his death. One woman wrote, Wow, hun, I am connected with my spiritual side. This is definitely a spirit that I can see, and it is amazing that you have managed to capture that. I feel it's a young boy, possibly a relative or another child of yourself. He is giving protection over your little one and will watch them often whilst they are sleeping to make sure they're okay. There's nothing to be afraid of. This is amazing, actually. A beautiful little angel and a beautiful little daughter. And I saw the picture in its bunk. Bunk. <laughs> if you are playing the bell bunk Woo! and snort drinking game, you can now take a shot wherever you are in the world. On us. Thank you for playing along. Norfolk and bad or Norfolk and good. You decide for yourself. Go to our Facebook site. More questions than answers. With Adrian Lee, I shall give you two points. Miss Morris, you're up to a four and a half. Michelle, what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings? A man who died in a car crash woke up moments before his autopsy was about to be performed. Hiramanshu Barwaji. Nice. Mm-hmm. Pukwaji. Yep. Puck-waji. Front wedgie. Yep. Narrowly avoided being cut up after spending the night in a morgue when doctors realized he was still alive. This is my worst nightmare. Oh, I agree. You make sure that One when I'm them. dead, you get a cattle prod and you make sure. I will. Saying. I promise. This will be the worst thing ever. Oh. Can you imagine waking up and you're in the little tray with the refrigeration unit? This is terrible. His family had hailed it as a miracle after the pathologist at the hospital in Nagur, India, found a pulse just as he was picking up a blade to perform the autopsy. Nice. Himanshu was resuscitated and rushed to a different ward in the hospital after the error was realized. Parwaji was seriously hurt in a car accident, after which he was sent to the hospital. His condition worsened and he was declared dead before being sent for autopsy. Dr. Geetum of the hospital said the patient's respiration was dysfunctional and his pulse was also missing. He added, however, his respiratory organs began responding this morning. At time in brain-dead patients, the heart and the respiratory system stop functioning transiently, which seems to be the case here. That's shockingly bad. It, it is. I, I'm not a big fan. This has happened before. I read a story out many, about 10 years ago, of a Frenchman this happened to. This happens at least once or twice a year. You'd think with modern technology. I spoke to a doctor once and I said, what is it now to be dead? How do you say when someone's dead? Because there's so many things. There's the heart. But you can keep people alive yes. without their heartbeat. There's the respiratory system. Yeah. Well, you can breathe artificially for people. There's the brain. When do you actually decide when you, someone is actually dead? It's all a mixture of all those things coming together. But, you know, it would make you think India has a good record of health care as well. A lot of people in India are getting very good treatment in their health service. I know it's struggling in certain areas, but they do have a good health care system. 
this would make me wonder what's going on. This scares me. This is worse than things coming out of the toilet. We went through a spell, didn't we? Of things coming out of the toilet (laughs) and grabbing you while you're sat there going through the motions. There were snakes. There was an octopus. All kinds of mean and nasty things coming out of the toilet bowl. I'm having to hover now. I hover on the back of this. So, you know, make sure you've got a cattle prod. Make sure I'm dead. Giving me the all clear. I promise. I want to know I'm dead at that point. Okay. We don't want any false alarms, do we? I shall give you points. You're now on eight and you are a runaway leader. A driver has claimed he picked up a hitchhiker who vanished into thin air in the passenger seat as he was motoring down the highway. The man says his paranormal passenger left behind just a burnt smell and melted shoe marks on the rubber mats. Can you smell burning rubber or is that me? (laughs) Pedro Pieroni from the town of San Jose de la Esquina in Argentina was driving home when he saw a young man hitchhiking on the side of the road. As he often did on his trips around the province, he pulled over and offered to give the lad a ride. Despite the hitchhiker being a bit shy and reserved, Pedro says he seemed to be a regular teen, the likes of which he has often picked up. My court order stops me from doing that Yeah. But while he can hardly remember the faces of most of the people he's given a lift to down the years, he said the passenger's face will stay with him for the rest of his life. Looking back on the events that transpired that day, Pedro Pieroni wishes he had learned more about the mysterious passenger. All he was able to learn about him was that he came from the nearby town of Artiga and he was 17 years old. When asked if he was going all the way to San Jose, (laughs) someone should write a song about that. The boy said no and said he would tell him when he wanted to get out. Pedro told reporters, finally, he asked me to drop him off at the junction with the road leading to the cemetery. And as soon as I got there, I sensed an awful burning smell. I stopped to see if something had caught fire, got out to check the back of the truck, And as soon as I turned around, I noticed there was no one inside. The baffled trucker checked the passenger seat more thoroughly, but all he found was two footprints, scorched footprints, melted into the rubber mat. He looked around to see if the boy had just ran out faster than he could spot him, but there was no sign of him anywhere and no other footprints. Pedro said he is not the kind of man to believe in the paranormal and described himself as a devout Catholic. So he does not believe in visions, dreams, healing, ghosts, <laughs> prophecies, or spirits, because he's Catholic and none of that's in the Bible. No. Burnt rubber, Matt? Oh, I just don't believe that. You decide. There is a picture of Mr. Pedro Biatroni holding up the rubber mats of his car with the burnt footprints of the ghost on those very mats if you go to our facebook site more questions and answers with adrian lee at the end of our first round michelle is in an almost unsaleable lead on a nice rounded resplendent eight i'm on five heather has scored four and a half but robin is still on 10 points from massachusetts we need to overtake her because i'm not posting an ir camera out there (laughs) just the package and posting alone would be ridiculous very much we move into the next round very quickly. That is the round of UFOs and cryptozoology. It's green men and their hairy beasties. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? Well, they found some alien fossils 
on Mars. <gasps> Yay! Add it to the list yes. with the bus, the prosthetic limb, the guinea pig, the Buddha statue, the, the pyramid, couch, the, the couch, lady, the lady. There was the a gorilla. toaster, cuddly toy. Fantastic. They yes. put a lot of rubbish up there, they didn't they? They do. Steve Martin's career. <laughs> oh. Controversial. Geomicrobiologist Barry DeGregorio. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah, you know what's slumbering over the hill, oh, boys I can't and girls? Wait. Maintains what? that the Curiosity rover has found evidence of alien life forms. Of course, yes. The controversial claim concerns photographs of unusual crystal shaped features that were discovered along a ridge by NASA's flagship exploratory rover earlier this year. These shapes are characteristic of gypsum crystals. Mr. Bond. Said curiosity scientist Sanjeev Gupta. From? Gupta? Okay. I don't know. Like Gupta Singh. <laughs> uh, these can form oh, we lost Michelle. Look, new girl in the corner. Uh, salts uh, become concentrated in water. <laughs> Such as an evaporating lake. (laughs) According to De Gregorio, however, these surface features are actually trace fossils, such as footprints, tracks, or feces. Because now there's feces up there. Yeah, there's plenty more feces in the sea. Of soft-bodied life forms that once roamed (laughs) Mars up to 450 million years ago. Unsurprisingly, he and NASA haven't actually seen eye to eye on the matter. Uh, NASA has turned its back on trying to get the data on this. We're in the same country. Where are we now? The order came down from uh, HQ that they should have moved a rover on to next point. That are your papers. <laughs> Degrading. Gorio Degradation. is due to present his hypothesis at a conference in Australia in June. In the meantime, the photographs will no doubt be scrutinized further to determine if there is any merit to his claims. If it turns out that he is correct, it will certainly be a discovery of monumental proportions. Are you funding? Are you funding? Slushy <laughs> Mr. Simpson. Oh, NASA. <laughs> Did you see someone posted on our Facebook site a gentleman in the back of a bus and they were throwing yes. names at him? Yes. Countries. Yes. And he was doing accents. That is exactly like Heather Morris doesn't do. Oh. He distinguished between Northern Ireland and Ireland, which I thought was very impressive. But that's a very different accent. We need to do that. The next. No. Next, no. Okay. We're not. Doing that. <laughs> I shall give you points. I have no idea why I'm feeling philanthropic. You're up to six and a half. Alien killer text message could destroy mankind. America and German boffins say. Scientists at the University of Hawaii and Germany's Sonneberg Observatory released a groundbreaking study to spark a debate about what humanity should do if we ever received a doomsday message from space. Let it go to voicemail would be my suggestion. They stressed any communication should be opened with extreme caution as it could cause an extinction or some other unrecoverable global catastrophe. Researchers said aliens would rather send the messages as it would be more cost effective. Wow. We're now replying capitalism to aliens, apparently. The paper read, It is cheaper for extraterrestrial intelligence to send a malicious message to eradicate humans compared to sending battleships. How do they know that? How do they know? 
How do they know about alien fiscal capitation appreciations? That's ridiculous. Alien money? Or listen to this, it sounds funny. <laughs> you can look how some German and American boffins have decided that it would be too expensive for aliens to send battleships and they'd rather send a text. Who knew? We move into the round that is the strange and the bizarrest of stories from around the world that are too good not to read out but don't fit easily into any other category. Michelle, what have you got for me tonight in the round of S&B? A former Freemason found drunk and naked inside a huge pipe organ. Has got through his trials and has now been accepted. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> has appeared in court accused of damaging the historic instrument insured for more than $1 million. Everything was going well until they press F sharp. Yep. Glenn Langford was arrested on Wednesday after allegedly flooding the Brisbane Masonic Memorial Center and setting off the fire alarms. The 51-year-old faces charges at Brisbane Arrest Court on Thursday and was granted bail. He said his intentions were in initially well-meaning, and the night had got out of hand after downing a bottle of Johnny Walker. The night gets out of hand after you do breaking and entering, and you're found naked wedged inside a pipe organ. That's his his yardstick for things getting away from you. Yeah, it's got a little out of hand. I'll bear that in mind. Mm. The court was told he had been meaning to hand out cheeseburgers to the homeless. Food was left scattered on the floor of the Grand Hall of the Heritage-listed Temple in Brisbane, which features one of the largest organs in Queensland. It is feared the organ, installed in the 1930s, may be too damaged to be repaired, despite it being insured for $1 million. Mr. Langford is charged with allegedly damaging a number of the pipes of the organ and destroying part of a decorative wall. He was discovered naked along with a remote-controlled police car and a toy gun. Wow. These Masonic practices are just ridiculous now, aren't they? Unbelievable. Do you think his bark's worse than his bite? (laughs) Wow. If you wish to see that story in four, if you wish to see a naked man wedged, in a pipe organ, and there was many jokes in there, but for the life of me, I can't say them. <laughs> Until we get into the round, that is not for your mother at the top of the hour. You can go to our Facebook site, More Questions and Answers, with Adrian Lee. I'm going to rattle through as many stories as I can. A fake tiger caused a real headache for a Scottish farmer and local police after a 45-minute showdown turned out to be a sham. Scottish authorities said Tuesday that officers had an armed standoff with a stuffed tiger over the weekend. The incident began when Bruce Grubb, 24, thought he saw the large cat lurking on his farm in Peterhead, Scotland, and quickly called the police. I had absolutely no doubt it was real, Grubb told the newspaper. I got a hell of a scare. I was worried. It was going to eat all of my cows before the police managed to shoot it. One of those rare Highland Scottish tigers you read so much about. Their legs are slightly shorter on one side so they can traverse the hillsides. Mm. After an hour-long stare down with the alleged beast, Grub inched closer in his truck, only to discover the animal was a stuffed toy. Police said armed officers were sent to the scene as a contingency but were not deployed. Until you know exactly what you're dealing with, every option has to be considered, Peterhead Inspector George Cordina said. I was stone cold sober. Drink had nothing to do with it. I thought it was real. 
Despite the false alarm, police praised Grubb's decision to make the call when he thought he was in danger. We appreciate that it was a false alarm made with a genuinely good intent. Thinking the toy was placed on his property as a joke, Grubb said he doesn't know who put it there. Call the stuffed tiger police. Next week, it'll be gorilla and a bear. Mm. Quick, raise the alarm or it's just a toy on a farm. You decide. Go to our Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. Miss Morris, squeeze in the last story tonight in the round of S&B. A Maine woman who prepared a salad says she realized after a couple bites, her fork was stuck in a three-inch lizard. No. Oh, it was one of them there lizard salads. Minus the tail. Oh, well, they grow oh. back. Don't worry. Yes. After vomiting and getting over her shock, <laughs> Michelle Carr, a nurse from Kittery, Maine, said she feared she could have consumed harmful bacteria and a tail. A biologist <laughs> friend believes she found a blue-bellied lizard from California. Well, I'm worried. I might oh. have ingested California, the right? tail. Y'all, Maine. The tip was raw. The tip was always raw. (laughs) (laughs) Too much overuse. Carr said she bought a bag of store brand romaine lettuce at the Shaw's supermarket in Portsmouth, New Hampshire on January 26th. The lettuce was distributed by a California company. I was repulsed. (laughs) I was disgusted. Oh, yes, it was was... Friday. You're not allowed to eat lizards on a Friday. I was startled. It's, the lizard wasn't happy. No. Still, He's lost his job in the insurance company. <laughs> Can't get any work now. It still makes me want to gag to this day. Pie and chips, chips and pie. Oh, a supermarket spokesperson said, and it notified the supplier. Shaw's takes its issues regarding the quality <laughs> and the safety of any products sold in our stores very seriously. We are working with the supplier to determine the cause and the steps needed to prevent this from ever reoccurring. How did it happen? Why did it happen? (laughs) And what can we do to make sure it never happens again? There's always more questions than answers, isn't there? Yes, so they are investigating. What's worse than finding half a lizard in your salad? No. Finding a vein in your hot dog sausage. We now come to the round that everyone's been waiting for. This is the round that everyone says is their favourite round of the show. This is the round we can't read out on the Dark Matter digital network for fear of being removed or getting a hefty fine. This is the round we call Not For Your Mother. If your mother's in the room, if she's of a nervous disposition, if she's easily offended, you need to lock her in the garden, take her down to the shed, give her some cheese and bread and bring her out in half an hour's time. You have been warned and again if you're listening to the show on any of our platforms why not press the little love heart and tell us how much you appreciate the show and share this link that you're on at the moment with your friends on social media thank you for being tech savvy and coming to find us we will make it worth your while i promise poundland's controversial christmas advertising campaign featuring a naughty elf has been banned for being likely to cause widespread offence. I hear you cry, but Adrian, it's March. Why are we discussing Christmas things? The budget retailer provoked a storm of outrage on social media before Christmas with its series of Twitter and Facebook ads showing the elf in various sexual poses 
and positions. Mm. And now the Advertising Standards Agency, the ASA, this week has banned the ads after receiving 85 complaints. The horse has bolted somewhat, is it not? We, we know we celebrated the birth of Christ in a couple of weeks time. We're celebrating the resurrection. The horse has bolted. The storm was sparked when Poundland posted a picture of the elf standing over a female doll and asking, how do you like your tea? One lump or two? <laughs> Milky. <Gross>. The pick <laughs> also yeah. featured a box of twining classic tea bags with the company accusing Poundland of misusing its product. You see what's going on there? Yeah. I haven't got a, you know, cross the T's and dot the lowercase J's, have I? Other pics showed the elf playing cards with a group of naked dolls, drawing a Christmas tree that looks suspiciously like a man's penis, <laughs> and riding a cuddly toy donkey with the caption, Don't tell Rudolph, I found a new piece of ass. Oh, penis oh. tree, oh, penis tree. I know how much you like happiness. <laughs> Classy advertising campaign from Poundland. This is Poundland. Everything's a pound. Oh. How much is that? It's a pound. What about this? It's a pound. What about this? That's also a pound. Everything's a pound. He was also seen taking on Star Wars villain Darth Vader in a lightsaber battle. But instead of using the Jedi weapon of choice, he's using a sex toy. <sighs> may the force be with you in its defense Poundlands is there a defense there's no defense in its defense Poundlands said that a large number of people three found the campaign funny adding that they didn't want to offend anyone but the ASA said that as there was no age restriction on the adverts they could have been seen by my children while many of the pictures contained obvious sexual references it ruled that the ads must not appear again and told poundland to make sure its future advertising was presented with a sense of responsibility and did not cause serious or widespread offense censor naughty elf or just put it back on the shelf you decide you can find that story on our facebook site more questions than answers with adrian lee michelle what have you got for me tonight in the round we call not for your mother. The tattoo fixers were faced with an X-rated sight when a customer rolled up his trousers to reveal his penis tattoo. Oh. Why didn't you draw around it? There you go. <laughs> put that, yeah, put a sharpie around that and get some ink out. You're going to need two bottles. Good times. The man said he'd got the ill-advised inking on a boozy boy's trip to Magaloof. Magaloof. Boom. Magaloof. He wanted to turn the cheeky little chap that was etched on his ankle into an owl. Show new boy Glenn Carlos took the task of covering up the reminder of a drunken break. The simple line drawing of a penis was turned into a complex shaded sketch of an owl's head. With a giant penis. <laughs> So wick, so woo. <laughs> the tattoo fixers are often tasked with turning rude stamps into works of modern art. Last month, Jay Hutton and Stephen Sketch Porter gasped in shock. 
It had to have been bad to make a tattoo <gasps> I've artist. seen it. You can go to our Facebook it's site and gross. see this in glorious Technicolor. Mm. When customer Wesley asked for his vagina-themed tattoo to be masked with something more tasteful. Wesley claimed that his tattoo, which read, I love blanking. Blanking. What are they turning Blanking. <laughs> no, that's what I like doing. What's blanking? Yes, what, what I've done to you all night. Oh. They should turn it into a George O'Keefe painting. Yes. Something involving Classy. a stamen. Yes. A bit of pollination. Yeah. Close up of a flower. Or folds. Yes, I understand. <laughs> Isn't it interesting how you always describe your own? Yes, yes. Arby's. Oh, no. <laughs> I was going to go and get a Reuben after the show. I'm over that. Way to ruin my dinner. Wow. You're welcome. Nice. Oh. They have the meats. You're lucky. <laughs> I got the meat sweats, Diane. Yes, they do. We have the meat. <laughs> Prepare the escape pod. <laughs> I bet he gets confused what he's doing after time. Oh, Good old James. Oh, it was done because of his love of the female of the species. He said, I got my tattoo as a tribute to women. I like chocolate. Well, thank you. But I'm not going to have a Twix tattooed all over my body. Unbelievable. No. I love everything about women. I love the way they look and the way they think. I decided to get a tattoo as a gesture to womankind everywhere. However, it seems that womankind were left less than impressed by his unusual inking. And Wesley's girlfriend could live without the tribute. Wow. Wesley explained, but now I found my perfect girl and all my attention is for her. We dated when we were teenagers, but... Then she came to my cousin's wedding and we hooked up again. And ran off with me cousin. Yeah. For respect for her and all of womankind, I want this tattoo removed. He's desperately after a date, this man, isn't he? He's oh, really yeah. playing his A game uh -huh. right now. Yeah. Tattoo fixers cover incredibly rude tattoos on their Valentine's Day special. Nice. Yeah. Perfect. I've decided I'm going to have a tattoo of a larger penis on my penis. That's a genius idea. I think we're winning all the way around with that, aren't we? I Jury's out. We'll yeah. have a think about it. Mm -hmm. I'll show you what we think we can do with it. Yeah, we'll do what you that. want. That's what I say. Absolutely. This is what democracy is. Yep. Miss Morris, you have the last story of the night in the round that we call Not For Your Mother. It's another penish story. Oh, Hurrah! I, you I can never have eyes. You can't have too many, can no, you? No, never. No. A man has a seven-inch plastic sex toy removed through his <gasps> penis. No. Oh. What? After through the instrument aisle. got oh. stuck in his bladder. He said it removed through his aisle. How did yes. he get a... Oh. Uh, yeah. I cannot change the laws of physics, Captain. <laughs> Not right. We need more power. <laughs> it Beat looked... me up, Scotty. I need to go for a shit. Never saw that episode, did you? The transporter's not working, Captain. You're going to have to find a leaf and take a squat behind a stone yard. Wow. Do you remember that first season? Doctors Imagine discovered... you get beamed up. Hang on, I've got the transporter Mid working. Squat. Yeah. There he is, hanging. 
as he suddenly appears back in the transporter room, looking like Winston Churchill smoking a cigar. Unbelievable. Half of it's back on the planet, half of it's still with him. I got a transporter waiting again, Captain. Who's got to clean that? Oh, no. <laughs> well, William Shatner. Controversial. Oh, sorry, Heather. Yes, there's a story. We got carried away with defecation yeah, yeah, yeah. in Star Trek. Doctors discovered a seven-inch plastic sex toy stuck in the bladder of a man who came to the hospital when he started <laughs> peeing blood. Well, that's never a good sign, is it? That's always one of the first signs, pissing blood. The unnamed patient reportedly in his 30s refused to see a doctor for more than two days after getting the toy lodged. <laughs> yeah, it was lodged. Oh, that went a long way. That yes. traveled. That well, did travel. When he finally did visit a doctor, he told them that he had gotten into trouble while engaging in urethra play. Urethra Franklin. <laughs> He needs I to show more respect. I did not <laughs> even know there was such thing as urethra play. Oh, I'm sure if you Google that, you'd find I a don't want to Google it. Thank you. Photograph. You There's Google it. Well, Jayanne Bangbing. No. Yes. <laughs> Bangbing. Yes, Jayanne Bangbing. Bangbing. Head bang. of bang, bang, bang. at Kaoshiwing. Veterans General Hospital. I refuse in, to go to a hospital called Cows Weeing. In Kaohsiung, Taiwan, said the plastic rod measured 7.87 7 oh. inches long. And hey, how big is See, that? that would only go in halfway. And it was about a half inch wide. <gasps> Can you imagine that getting crammed in your urethra? It's gone in and out. It's gone all the way And up. it was bubbled like... Uh, for your anal pleasure. beads. Oh. oh. How many so times it, have I told you? You're not meant to be pulling it out like you're starting a chainsaw. Yes. How many is in there? <laughs> when you're playing ping pong. It's that like when you're like. It's like a magician pulling out yeah, handkerchiefs yeah. all knotted together. It's uh, never ending. Yeah. Trying to start a lawnmower you Rip are. Ripcord. Unbelievable. The patient claimed he was pleasuring himself when he accidentally oh, inserted the device into his bladder. He yes, I slipped on. on I, I tried climbing through the kitchen window. I got locked out of the house. I slipped. My trousers came down. It was on the skirting board next to the draining board of the sink. Mm, terrible to do. Terrible. You what are the chances of that happening? Well, a routine stop. <laughs> Stop a pee. An endoscopic procedure into the man's bladder helped remove the toy, which had already caused inflammation and blood in his urine. I don't know how he could even urinate with that thing. Like a shower head, I'm guessing. This had to be not his first time. Yeah, that wasn't his first rodeo. There had to be some give around the ringage. (laughs) There had to be. You thought about this too much. The patient was discharged from the hospital and is expected to make a full recovery. And Dr. Jayanne Bangbing reminded members of the public to properly sanitize sex toys and to make use of lubricants like WD-40 in no. order to avoid serious mm. injuries. I'm just joking. I oh, added the I was going to say, don't use WD-40. You use Pam. Yes, what's wrong with you? Have you met butter. Pam? Pam's the secretary here. She works at the desk at the front. Very popular lady. And butter. We need some butter. <laughs> Last tango in Paris as we uh, live on. The hospital said it had received similar cases in the past with patients' items such as ball pens 
and cables up their penises. I was wondering why a my ball computer. Pen. Yes, like like you're playing baseball. No, a ball no, pen. ball ballpoint pen. Ballpoint pen. Wow, I was thinking. Wow, he's not blessed. If a get, ball pen. If he can get a ball pen up there, that's impressive. Wow. Others have also been admitted with golf balls. And light bulbs stuck up their anuses. Yes. Yes, and ha- <laughs> and hamsters and gerbils. Yes. They also and... found the Millennium Falcon, Barbie shoe, and a Lego brick. Hurrah! Yay. Well, all good things come to an end. So let us look at tonight's scores in last place with the K2 meters, the dead battery, and half a chewy lizard. It is myself who scored a remarkable... Seven points, but still ended up in last place. In third place is Heather Morris with eight and a half, and on any other occasion would be winning. Robin from Massachusetts scored a remarkable double integer of ten, but in first place, our winner, winning the $33,000 IR camera, is Michelle Corey, who ended the night on 11 Ooh, 11. Do not fear, listener. Remember, we are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time. And I would love for you to join me for the fun and informative journey that is the world of the paranormal, strange, intriguing, bizarre and weird. Please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact us anytime via our Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. Or you can contact me on Twitter at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. And remember, we're now doing an extra... 20 to 25 minutes of the show. If you go to soundcloud.com, search for MQTA radio in a round called Not For Your Mother that we can't read out on air. My gratitude and gracious thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Tom Drain, and Michelle Corey, and all of the International Paranormal Society in Paranormal.net. All of the people that took part at MarsCon and our sponsors, including the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group and MUFON of Minnesota. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening. And remember, be interested and interested.